We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the Missouri Tigers from KCSN, which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe DeArmond, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics. Hello and welcome into Season 2 of Mizzou That's Who here on KC Sports Network. I am one of your wonderful hosts, Tucker Franklin. As always, joined by Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou and Maggie Johnson. SEC Media Days, uh, Eli Drinkwitz took to the podium on Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, just for some time perspective there as we're getting the, this podcast rolling Gabe how does it feel that summer's already over um it's all right you know any show can do one season but like if you get to season two uh, that that means you've got staying power that uh, you're in for the long haul the checks are going to keep showing up so everything's good man I need something to do anyway so it's about time it's perfect it's a perfect timing Maggie how is your summer how how's it been I think I've seen uh you you're going all over the place. You're going doing all kinds of cool stuff. I get jealous looking at your Instagram every now and again. I know. I'm, I'm more excited about the fall. I've got um, I, I got a few things up my sleeve for the fall. Uh, you know, Southwest had a few sales. So you might be seeing me at maybe some away Mizzou games. I don't know. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. But no, my summer has been great. I took up golf. Like, Ooh. who am I? So I've, I've hit the driving range for like years, but I'm, I've always been too scared to actually go play on a course. And now I'm doing it. So there you go. Yeah. Speaking of golf, the KCSN golf tournament is happening in a couple of weeks. That is sold out now. We have sold out uh, at the KCSN uh, golf tacos and bourbon golf tournament. Uh, but you can still uh, go to KC or givebutter.com slash KCSN golf. And you can donate that way if you want to support the foundation, what we do, read about what we do throughout the year with the Feed It Forward campaign, my first game with tickets for less in the Boys and Girls Club of Kansas City, and uh, obviously Operation Breakthrough, we do the uh, Christmas store stuff for them as well. Uh, really cool stuff that we do with the, org- with the, with the foundation, but there's also a raffle going on uh, as well, and you can still enter to win these raffle prizes if you won't be at the golf tournament uh, coming up in a couple weeks. So go to that KCSN uh, Give Butter page, givebutter.com slash KCSN Golf. 
And you can find the details out there, see what you can win. There's some really cool prizes. Travis Kelsey signed full-size Travis Kelsey signed helmet. Um, that's a pretty cool one. Christian Okoye, uh, I believe, has signed football. Dante Hall jersey. Nick uh, Bolton something I'm pretty positive. I think that's a mini helmet. A Nick Bolton signed mini helmet, yes. So if you are interested in any of that, probably could have been in contention for the Super Bowl MVP, if we're honest, um, if that second touchdown didn't get called back. Uh, I, I think that... Listen, there's some really good stuff in there for Mizzou fans to win. And I know during our raffle, too, that we had uh, during the draft for the Power Mizzou Tresk Paler uh, scholarship, we had a Nick Bolton signed jersey um, in terms of that. And a Drew Lock, I believe, signed mini helmets. So we gave away some really cool Mizzou stuff, too. So it's not just the Chiefs stuff that we have. Obviously, Chiefs is big in Kansas City. Shocker. Uh, but we got some Mizzou stuff for those people as well. So let's talk about this 2023 Mizzou football team. Eli Drinkwood started off his uh, presser at SEC Media Days in Nashville by basically saying, hey, we, we're, we're turning the page. We're not talking about anything from last year. We're focused on this year. Obviously, what a coach is supposed to say. Uh, but but I thought it, I want to get your main takeaways and thoughts, Gabe, from what Drinkwood's had to say at the podium uh, on Monday. Well, it was interesting. I talked to him earlier this summer and, you know, after the whole kind of fiasco at SEC spring meetings, like he had kind of said, I'm. I'm going to watch myself at these things. Like I'm not trying to get in trouble, you know, and like Eli fully admits his mouth can get him in trouble. Sometimes, sometimes he says some things that that get out there a little bit, right. He's like, I'm going to be buttoned up. And he was, I mean, I watched him on fine bomb and fine bomb was like, yeah. this is super boring. Who are you? Like, let's have the fun stuff. Right. Um, But I think he understands that, um, that wears a little thin when you're not winning, right? Like you, you, Steve Spurrier earned the right to be Steve Spurrier because he won so many games. And I have full confidence if Eli goes out and wins eight or nine games, he will be the same guy. He will let us all know that none of us thought he could, his team could do it and all that. And, and he will be, he will continue to provide us uh, interesting sound bites. It didn't really happen yesterday which is fine. You know, media days are, he, he, he took the approach and this is not new to him, but a lot of coaches, they're on the podium for 30 minutes. And so it's like a competition to see who can have the longest opening statement so that they can answer the fewest questions. Eli basically listed off his whole roster to a room full of reporters who don't care about it at all because all the Mizzou media that was there had already talked to him and his players in a separate room. So this is just like people that cover other teams in the SEC at large waiting to ask Eli questions. And he's listing off all these players. And I, they're all sitting there. I guarantee going, dude, I'm never going to write about any of these guys. What am I doing here? Yeah. Maggie, do you have any, any big thoughts from, uh, from Drake's presser? I mean, I liked that he was kind of on the, like telling people close just isn't going to cut it because I mean, I'll sit here and you know, I'll complain about how we lost four games by less than a possession. I mean, I can sit here and think about it all day and I'll sit here and complain about the Kentucky game and I'll sit here and complain about the Georgia game and I can do it till the cows come home and I'll probably think about it later on and I'll probably think about it tomorrow, but it's not going to do anything. The only thing that we need to focus on is, you know, moving forward and trying to be better this year. And, you know, we've talked about, is drink on the hot seat or is drink not on the hot seat? I mean, I don't know the answer to that question. I know I've, you know, I read Power Mizzou and I don't know. I don't know Gabe's opinion. They on don't it. know the answer to that question either. 
yeah, yeah, nobody really knows the answer. I don't know even if AD knows the answer to the question. But the only thing I feel like anybody can really focus on is, you know, hoping that we can believe what Drink's saying and that we're better. I think we should be better. I think our schedule's really hard. I think it's really, really hard. But you don't think it's that hard, game? Or I mean, caveat here. You're in the SEC. This is what you said. It's always hard. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it's always hard. And But, I mean, obviously we're playing K-State, who some people are looking at the K-State game as, uh, well, K-State fans. It's I mean, big. I think K-State's going to be tough. Do I don't think yeah. K-State's any better than they were last year. I think K-State is probably not as good as they were last year. I think their fans think that they're better this year. Um, I don't think that they are. I think that game's winnable for sure. I think it's better yeah. chance that we win it not in a monsoon. I think that kind of benefited them a little bit with a high-powered running game. But I think that game is winnable. So I think for it to be a successful season, I think if we can win eight games, I'd probably be happy moving forward. But I do think that that Kansas State game is incredibly interesting because – Mizzou didn't face Will Howard last year. They, they had Adrian Martinez in that. And you mentioned the, the running game was very prevalent. Um, they lose a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Kansas State does. Uh, Missouri retained basically everybody on the defensive side of the ball. And it's going to be the offense that's a question for both teams um, and how they replace Deuce Vaughn, how they replace that running attack. Will Will Howard step up? The wide receiver room is a little bit of a question. And I, it, it's it's going to be a really close game. And Gabe, is kind of as you alluded, that's, a, that's like a turning point game, I think. If, if you're already looking, I mean, we're in July, right? If you're looking at a game you want to circle to be at Faroe Field, I mean, it's going to be that one. That's the one that's going to be a big turning point for the season, I think. Well, I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning, and uh, he's he supports another team in, or follows another team in Kansas. I won't mention him because I'm supposed. I guess I'm not really allowed to talk to people that follow. I don't know <laughs> how that works, but anyway, um, he said, "You know, I, I hope Mizzou beats K State," and I said, "So do I, because if they don't, this fan base checks out. Like they just it, it, that's the day." If Missouri loses that game, especially if they lose it in anything approaching the fashion of last year, it is a countdown to when do we get to see a Dennis Gates team play again? Like I know how these things work. That that's how it's and it's not really fair, but also if you lose that game, I've got a pretty tough time getting to eight. Mm. I mean, it's possible, but it basically means you win. It means you sweep Arkansas, Kentucky, Florida, and South Carolina, and. I don't know, man. That's that's not an easy thing to just go win all four of those games. So it's a huge game. It's become uh, what I would refer to as a mute conversation rivalry. Um, <laughs> Mizzou and K-State fans on Twitter are awful, and I hate it, and I don't tag me in it. I don't want to read any of it. I mute you as soon as it goes down that road. Um, so it's uh, fairly annoying. Uh, but like, look, it's 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 good that there's somewhat of a rivalry there, and with Gates and Tang being hired at the same time, it can yeah. spill over to basketball and all that. This is they don't have another contract after this, right? Like they only had the home and home. Not to my knowledge, yeah. Okay, um, I just 2024. I mean, we're already looking ahead to 2024. I don't think that they because <laughs> they when do they start playing Kansas? Is that 25 or 26? 25, uh, I believe. 
25. Okay. I think they uh, I think they just announced a series for 2051. Somebody... <laughs> the way that they do this non-conference like scheduling is just like so far well, in advance. I'm like, I'll think about that when I get there. But I, I'm just curious. And it's if they so do funny really. because during the COVID year, like they were rescheduling games within four days. You know, like you can do it. You don't have to sign these things this far out and then put yourself in a position of like, oh my God, we're playing a road game at UMass because we panicked and signed this contract and like we really kind of can't afford to buy it out. Right. I was looking at forward games or future games and it was like at North Texas, at um some... Florida, maybe FAU or FAU like, or FIU. I was like, one what are right. what are we doing? It was it was ridiculous. And then I remember way back when, years ago, and we we scheduled something. Our uh, I think it was whenever we had our game with BYU or something, and they were like, the away game at BYU will be in 2032. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, why are we doing this? It just doesn't make any sense. And by then. We're going to have nine SEC games, and it's not even going to matter. Some of those games we're not even going to be playing. So, I mean, so yeah. we're I not going to be playing at North Texas in I was curious. the late 2020s. Because I, I, I do want this to be kind of like a non-conference rivalry, right? I think that, that it would be great to have Kansas and Kansas State as your non-conference rivals. I mean, that'd be great for the fans. Would it be great for the team? Who knows? But I just looked ahead at, at fbschedules.com. Uh <laughs> Next year, Missouri plays Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, UMass. Um, so, well, that's awful. A lot lighter of a non-conference schedule in 2024 for the Tigers uh, when you start to look at it. It's, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, realistically, if you're a Power Five team, you have to play one. It, it's about your Power Five game because yeah. I saw a thing earlier this week. There was a thing that Missouri has the fifth ske- toughest schedule in the country. I think a big part of that is they do it by win percentage, right? Well, Memphis won eight games and Middle Tennessee won nine games. Cool. If you're in year four and you're and those games are in doubt, then you're not where you want. Like, I don't care yeah. if they went nine and three. That's not a game you can. So I think that kind of inflates the strength of schedule to a point that, like, I'm not saying it's a cakewalk, but, but again, even Eli Drinkwood said last year, like, I appreciate the administration giving us a schedule that gives us a chance to get off to a nice start. They, they moved the Memphis game to St. Louis, which in effect becomes an eighth home game. Um, Eli got up there yesterday and listed off, you know, we got 18 starters coming back. We got 32 guys that have started four games, 83% of the defensive productions coming back. The whole defensive staff is back for the first time. So like all these things set up, we're not making up the idea that this is a pivotal year mm-hmm. because I think it is listing off all those things. If you get to the end of this year and you're six and six, I think it's very fair for somebody to look at it and go, if you had all those things and we're six and six, like why do we believe that more than six and six is in the future? You know? um, So it it is a very, very pivotal year. And it's such a weird team because I think they don't have very many question marks, right? Like, I can tell you who's going to start at 18 of the 22 positions probably. And the other places like one of two guys, like we know a lot about this team. There aren't very many questions, but the two questions they have are the two biggest questions you can possibly have, right? The comparison I made on our show last night, I said, it's like, 
you got 100% on the multiple choice, but the problem is the essay is 70% of the grade, you know, and we just don't know if you can write the essay or not. It's a great point. I thought that was interesting too, is that when he stepped to the podium, that was one of the first things that I wrote down when I was taking notes and I listened to it. It was like, he was, he was hearkening. He is, he is basically building his platform, if you will, on look at all this experience that we have coming back to this team. This team has a lot of experience. We got 18 starters back. That's pretty good for a team that we thought would might have got raided by the transfer portal. They brought in some decent transfers to help them on the offensive line. Uh, they had to, had to make an offensive line coaching change in the middle of the summer. Um, so they're dealing with some of that adversity there. But, I mean, he brings an offensive lineman with, with an all-conference guy that he had with him to, to Missouri. So that I, I'm very hesitant because on paper, as, as I mean, as you guys have been talking about, Looks like this team should be pretty good with a lot of the returners. Not very many question marks, but Gabe, as you mentioned, the biggest question mark, I think, is at that quarterback position. Uh, he did name Brady Cook the the starter for camp. I'm going to put it in. He named him the starter in air quotes, which like, okay, he was the starting quarterback last year. Let him be the starting quarterback going into camp, which I believe is July 13th. Is that report date? Um or July 30th. Well, July 13th was last week, so I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I'm dyslexic. It was I'm my dyslexic. birthday, so. There you go. Uh, happy birthday, uh, July 31st. I wrote down the date, uh, and I just remembered it. Wrong. So they've got a little bit of time to figure out the quarterback position. I believe even Drink said that he thought he pulled the trigger a little early last year, is what he said with with the quarterback decision. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out. But Gabe, I got a question I want to ask you. Um, okay. I don't. I'll wait until after the break to ask you this question. A professional tease right there. But first, got to tell you guys about Home Field Apparel. We're super excited to be partnered with Home Field Apparel this year. They've got some really great designs, some good vintage looks. I know I'm a fan of the Sailor Tiger. There's a lot of different Sailor teams out there that have the different Sailor logo. they got a bunch of different LSU has a Sailor Tiger. they got the Sailor Wolverine. But I think Mizzou does it pretty darn good. they got a lot of vintage logos out there, a lot of vintage looks. I like the script Mizzou in cursive. Those Zs in cursive, I don't know what it is, but I really like those. really like how the design's over at homefieldapparel.com. But it's not just Mizzou that they have. They have over 150 different colleges, 150 different schools at Home Field Apparel. I like to dabble in some TCU stuff. I'm not afraid. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed to admit that I, I also have a little bit of a soft spot for TCU. they got some good stuff there. I'm sure you guys also have a soft spot for other universities. I think Tulane's got some really cool throwback vintage stuff if you like to go rock some of their stuff. And also, I mean, they had a pretty good team. They got a KC guy coaching them uh, as a guy over here. So it's fun to get behind those smaller schools like that too. Over 150 of them. So you don't see that a whole lot with a bunch of different places. So if you want some Mizzou merch, anything else, go to homefieldapparel.com. Go check them out. They've got a great Mizzou selection. There's a link in the description if you do want to grab yourself some Mizzou stuff. But Gabe, I got a question to ask you, but I want to do it right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back into Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Network. Gabe, thinking about the quarterback position, I'm curious to get your thoughts. If Brady Cook wins... This the starting position. Does that say more about Brady Cook, or does it say more about Jake Garcia and Sam Horn? Well, I'm kind of upset that you asked me that because that's what I've asked people because I don't know the answer. Um, look, it, it's the the backup is always the most popular guy for, sure. for a very simple reason: we have not seen him fail. Right? I mean, there are. Very few starting quarterbacks in the history of football that you could say, I've never seen him fail. I would say there are zero. Um, you know, so I was going to say there's one, but then I remembered the AFC title game two years ago. So I've seen him fail. There you go. Um, but the point is, like, Sam Horn is, and really Jake Garcia too, is all this untapped potential. All we know is, hey, he was the top 10 quarterback in the country. And we hear these really good things. And it was so cool when we got him as a recruit that you just assume the best about him, right? Right. The only thing that matters is that Eli Drinkwitz picks the guy who is best and that that guy is good enough. Um, I I mean, I I think there are two things. First of all, I feel a little bit bad for Brady Cook because clearly this fan base is is going to root for him to not win this job. Yeah. They absolutely are. I mean, you all summer, well, we know if Brady Cook's the starter, we can't win more than six. I mean, no, you don't know that. I, I, I it, It's the only position on the field where we keep track of record. And I always go back to, look, I've cut, this is going to be my 21st season. If you include college, this is my 23rd season. I've covered Missouri football. Statistically, outside of injury, Matty Mock is the worst starting quarterback they've had. He is revered because he went to one and a half SEC title games, right? I mean, now Michael Sam, Coney Ely, Shane Ray, Henry Josie, a lot of guys had a lot to do with that. But it's on Maddie's resume because he's the quarterback. Um, so <sighs> Brady's in a tough spot. And look, he's a he really is. He's a really good kid. He he yep. does not shy from the criticism and the spotlight. It he attacks it head on every day. Um, and if he wins this job, like I think the fan base should go, well, cool, he's our best guy. Let's see what it is. Now, the other thing is Eli knows how big this season is. If we get 
to the third quarter of the Kansas State game. And they're down 17-7, and whoever the starter is has thrown two interceptions. I think he will make the move that he hasn't made in the past, whether that's benching Brady Cook for Sam Horn or benching Sam Horn for Jake Garcia, whatever it may be. Like, I don't think he's going to sit there and just watch one quarterback go six and six this year. That doesn't mean they won't end up six and six, but I don't think you'll just see him trot the same guy out there and average 22 points a game and, and accept six and six. Like I don't, the first game is August 31st. If sometime before that day, Eli Drinkwitz has said, this guy is my starting quarterback for the season, I will be surprised. Mm. That said, I think Brady starts against South Dakota. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. Maggie, your thoughts? I think Brady didn't didn't look great in the bowl game. Um, Obviously, we know that he was injured now. Like, looking back. He was injured all year. Right. Yeah, Yeah. he was injured. Like, that was the second quarter against K State. Right. And we didn't fully know that. I think some people, you could kind of tell that he was a little, you know, soft on it. But, you know, we didn't fully know the extent that he needed surgery and all of this stuff. Um, So we didn't look great in that game. But we look back on these games that we lost. Okay. Especially these games like the Kentucky game, like the Auburn game. Those weren't Brady's fault that we lost those games. I mean, no, I wouldn't say entirely. I wouldn't say not entirely. No, definitely. It's never entirely. We did not. not, I would not blame that Auburn game on Brady Cook. I mean, I mean, would, you you, you could score sometime more? in the first yeah, two and a half quarters. <laughs> we could absolutely score more in that game, but when it came down to when it came down to it, we could have won that game. Right. Sure. When it when it came down to it, we could have won that Kentucky game. I mean, there were things that could have been done regardless to still get the W in the box score. So it's like yeah. we could have still won those games even without that. So. I, you can't put the the entire thing on Brady Cook. Now, I I completely agree with you. I don't think that with everything that's on the line, that Drink is going to go out there and put the quarterback on the field that he does not think is the best quarterback in the quarterback room. It does right. not make sense. So I mean, somebody on Twitter who thinks that he's going to do that, Sam Baggin. sit like, back and think about it because it doesn't make any sense. Like, well, let me let me ask you guys a question. If you made six million dollars a year, would you like to continue making six million dollars a year or not? Of course. Of course. <laughs> there you go. Right. Because you're because you're not going to go anywhere else that you're going to make more. If you get fired from Mizzou, you're not going to go anywhere else where you're going to make you're not going to get a better job. Like, look at um, I don't even know who is uh, who was at um, Barry Odom's at UNLV right now. There we go. We can argue about the quality of that job. Yeah, Jim McElwain's um, at some directional Michigan school. You know. Yeah. Or a lot of them go down and um, must champ. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, you're not going to, if you get fired from your univer- from where you're at, you're not going to likely get a better job. I do think, talking about the quarterback, I do think it is obviously Brady Cook's job to lose. 
Um, and I think they're going to, I think that they're going to give him every opportunity to, to win that job as they should. I do think it's interesting. He is coming off of, you know, the, 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 the surgery, the injury, the rehab and everything like that. Um, I, I'm really interested to see this, this quarterback battle between, you know, Sam Horn, who uh, Drinkwitz had a lot of positive things to say about him saying he, I thought was really interesting. He talked about him pitching, adding to his confidence, which does make sense. So it's like, Oh, I can go out here and do this. And, he pitched well in the games he did. I know he, had, he dealt, was dealing with a little bit of an injury there uh, on the baseball side of things, but getting that confidence is important, and just that adjustment is is important as well, just to the college life. I think he talked about too with his diet, with dealing with diabetes and everything like that, getting that into check. Um, and Jake Garcia is kind of that unknown, right? Because he did he got beat out in Miami by uh, TVD, and now he comes over here, a highly touted prospect coming out uh, of high school. It, it, there's a lot of unknowns, relatively interesting things to see shake out in that quarterback room. And I do, I do think they got three pretty solid quarterbacks too, that if one of them goes down, I think that they're not going to be hurt by one of them going in and, and playing. And at some point you either trust your coach or you don't, For you sure. know, it, either you trust him to pick the right guy or you don't. And if you don't, then you got the wrong coach. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the, the, the tough part of this and coaches will tell you this no position is tougher now with the free transfer than quarterback mm. because Jake Garcia is the only one who can't just automatically transfer. And I got bad news guys. If Jake Garcia wants to find some reason he will get, I don't care what the NCAA says he'll transfer. Like we yeah. got guys on like their ninth school. He'll find a way <laughs> if he wants to leave, but you know, there's, I've, I've had people tell me this off season, like if Sam Horn's not the starting quarterback, he probably just going to go play baseball or he'll transfer somewhere and play both. If Brady Cook's not the starting quarterback, I know there's this narrative out there about how much he loves Mizzou and he would never go anywhere else. Brady Cook's going to be a grad transfer. If he's not the starting quarterback, he's not going to come back and be a backup in his fifth year. It's not. So one of these guys is probably leaving. If Jake Garcia wins the job, they might both leave. Hmm. And then you go into next year with Jake Garcia and Jabari Johnson, which means you're back in the transfer portal looking for a quarterback and you just probably are. I mean, if you look across the country at how many schools, like six of the top 10 Heisman candidates right now are transfer quarterbacks. Like yeah. that's what this position is. You play for this year, this year alone, you win as many games as you can. And you worry about like, I think football overall, you can't completely rely on the, the transfer portal, but Quarterback is almost like we're saying about basketball now. Yeah, I don't know. Just start over again next year. Bring in bring in a new one because like that's where you're at. Because if a guy's not starting by his second year on campus, he's probably not going to sit around and, and wait to start. It's definitely changed the landscape of uh, offensively. I think defensively a little bit different. I know that the, the they did get Tyron Hopper in, in the, uh, the the transfer portal, but especially when you talk about quarterback, it's a, it's an incredibly interesting. Because it, it's the only position where ideally your backup never plays. For sure. Right? I mean, yeah, everywhere else, if you're a backup linebacker, you're going to play. Right. If you're a backup offensive lineman, like they play the same five guys a lot, but, but you're still going to get in there. So if you're a backup quarterback, you know, in a perfect world, you are never putting a helmet on. Yeah. I want to talk about that offensive line. You you talk, you said, you know, and this is the philosophy we hear a lot in Kansas City, or at least I do in Kansas City, with when it comes to Andy Reid, Andy Heck, those guys on the Chiefs offensive line, they say we're going to play the five best guys. We're going to put the best five out there. Doesn't depend, doesn't necessarily depend on what they've played in the past, the best five. 
and I heard Drink would say we're, we're, we're focused on putting the best five out there as well. And I thought it was interesting. I had to write this down because when Drinkwitz was going through the offensive linemen, uh, he was he was talking about every position is open on the offensive line. Then he said Javon Foster, left tackle. Xavier Delgado got a lot of snaps at left guard. I'm on Mimbo at left guard as well. Um, Marcellus Johnson, he tabbed him as a right tackle. Uh, Cameron Johnson in a position battle with Connor Tolleson for center, <laughs> right tackle, left guard, right guard. Um, so I, I, there's a lot, I think there's still a lot of question marks along the, the offensive line, which was a huge piece last year. I think that, you know, this offense wasn't as effective as it needed to be because of the offensive line wasn't where it needed to be. Yeah. I think like quarterback is more fun to talk about. This is the bigger, this is more important. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I mean, this is more, I I think Foster's going to start, uh, the way they talked about him yesterday, Armand Mimbo is starting at right guard. Um, I will be stunned if Cameron Johnson is not their starting center. That's why they brought him here. Right. And they're going to start with, uh, with Marcellus Johnson at right tackle. And then you come down to Xavier Delgado or is EJ and Doma Ogar healthy at left guard. They got a couple young guys. They like Val Erickson, Tristan Wilson, like they could fit in whether it's injuries or if somebody doesn't, you know, maybe play the way they're thinking he's going to play. I think Cameron Johnson's the most important player on this football team. Because what happens if he doesn't take to center? Like, I, I don't know what you – in that – like, he touches the ball every play. Right. He's the captain of the offensive line. What they had last year didn't work. And if Cameron Johnson doesn't work there, they're back to basically what they had last year. And then you're getting into, well, do we have to move somebody else from a position he hasn't – you know, if he's good at center, I think – they're okay. If he's not good at center, it could be a year of like jigsaw puzzle trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. I mean, we just have to have a more disciplined. I mean, that was our big, our biggest issue last year too, was false starts and, you know, offensive line penalties. Right. And, and, And offensive line coaches will tell you, you know why you commit penalties because you're not talented enough. Like, you're trying to get an early start because the guy across from you is going to beat you're holding the guy because he beat you, you know? So a lot of, I mean, some of it's focus and discipline, but a lot of times penalties on the offensive line are committed by guys who aren't quite good enough. Yeah. uh, And I think so too. I think that the talent, uh, listen, they had so many injuries on that offensive line last year too, to shuffle a bunch of guys around and try to put them in different positions. And I don't think the talent was already up to where it needed to be. And I think they do have some pretty solid talent uh, where they got transfer wise into the room. And I think that they could put out a really solid uh, starting five out there, which makes me feel a little bit better. I think Drinkwitz was asked a very technical question about like outside zone in motion and how it helps free some stuff up. Yeah, I, I fell that. asleep during that one. I was like, oh, this guy's trying to get on Eli's good side uh, by asking this question. He's like, you lead the league in motioning guys out to from this position and you run outside zone off of it. Like, okay, we get it, dude. You watch the you watch the football game. Um, <laughs> But I, I do think that the, the offense is very interesting. We've gone like 35 minutes into this podcast and haven't even talked about the defense. I, I think that kind of says of like the confidence level that we have with the defense with how many people were returning. The secondary might be one of the best in the in the SEC, top three, top two maybe. Uh, when you talk about the talent that they have out there, I know there's some really good teams in the SEC, but they've returned a lot of those guys that thought 
you they could test the NFL draft waters. They get those back those guys back for another year. The defensive staff stays the same, which I think might be one of the biggest things that, that they have uh, going for them. But uh, thoughts on the defense? I'm excited. <laughs> I feel confident. But it's crazy because I feel like when you think about Mizzou football, at least for the past 15, 20 years, you think about the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you think about quarterbacks or solid running backs or wide receivers, J-Mac, Chase Kaufman. Like, those are the players you think about. You think about um, playing in SEC or Big 12 championships and defense letting us down for the most part. Uh, Trey Mason running all over against, uh, you know, all over us. Like, that's what you think about the lack of defense. For once, I'm I feel confident in a defense, and that is not something that I'm used to. And I don't know if that's me, uh, maybe being naive or or what. But I just look at all the pieces, and I yeah, I just I just feel really confident in everything that we have. Obviously, I I was a little bit nervous uh, on the defensive line on the you know, but yeah after kind of sitting and listening to everything they talked about yesterday, reading Power Mizzou and kind of seeing that maybe it's not as big of an issue as we were maybe thinking it would be. That's kind of, I don't know if Gabe wants to elaborate a little bit more. On I that. mean, I, th- I, I think you're going to miss Isaiah McGuire maybe more Definitely. than, than fans think. Cause he wasn't flashy, but he was a really good player. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, run game and pass game. So I think you miss him. Um, defensive end is the only place that, I mean, they're missing both starters and like, mm-hmm. they got a bunch of guys, you know, we don't know yet how, how good necessarily any of them are. They talked up Johnny Walker a lot yesterday. I think yeah. They like him. I, I think it would have been really nice if you could have held on to Arden Walker, you know, to mm-hmm. have, have one more guy that was coming back. Um, but this defense, I mean, it was good last year and, I just kind of started thinking about when you, when Maggie was talking, think about how many times the offense put them in just an awful position. Right. It wasn't only that the offense was scoring only 16 points most games. It was that they were also giving the other team seven almost yeah. every week, whether that was a pick six or a turnover on the 25 or, a, you know, an immediate three and out and punt the ball to midfield. I, I mean, Drinkwood's talked a lot, and the offense has to get better. So one way this team improves is, yes, score an extra touchdown a game. Sure, that'd be great. A lot of teams would love that. But the other way is just quit giving the other team a touchdown a game. You know, maybe you don't actually have to be in bet any better. Just stop being bad in that specific way. Mm. Yeah, spend it's more really... time. Spend more time on the field. The offense, the offense right. can spend just... a little bit more time on the field. 100%. Run the ball three times and punt throw a screen pass to Luther and see if he can break some tackles, but just don't give the ball to the other team so often. Right. Ball control. I mean, it's, you just want possessions. You want to limit their possessions. I mean, that's obviously when you think about football, when you boil it down to a very simplistic thing, it's about how many times you get the ball and what you do with that ball. Right. And- well, and I remember the, it was the Vandy game. Cause you know, everybody focuses on the, the ones that they, lost and easily could have won by the way the kentucky game's a win now the sec changed that rule so right they that's could interactively uh, tennessee had to forfeit games a couple years ago drink is now two games over 500 instead there of we two go. Games under 500. uh but no i was thinking about the vandy game and 
like they had this three-point lead fairly late in the game, had the ball in Vandy territory, and you're going, okay, literally the only thing they can't do is turn it over, right? Uh-huh. Very next play fumble. Vandy has the ball. And you're going, it's not just that they weren't good. It's almost like if you start before a drive and go, what is the worst possible thing that could happen here? They managed to do that thing. It wasn't just not being good. It was it, it was so far beyond that. So just that would help the defense out even, I think. Right. And there's still some uh, – there's a lot, I think, on the defensive side of the ball that I feel a little bit more comfortable about um, when, it, when it comes to those, just the personnel that they have out there. They talked about moving Darius Robinson from, like, inside to outside – which I think might be good for him as like a prospect uh, to show that, that versatility. Gives me Chris jo- that gives me Chris Jones vibes, though. And and it can. And, and it also it could be a good thing, and it also could be a really bad thing. Chris Jones did make some really good plays. Now, I'm not comparing Terry Scott. I'm not comparing right, but it to- made you – the point is it made the overall line worse because sure. you were taking sure. a guy who was one of the best at the position he played and put him at a position where he was just kind of league average. So I would rather have – dominant Darius Robinson inside than average Darius Robinson outside. Cause I think you can find average outside. Um, sure. But I'll tell you the guy, I don't think it's enough credit on this defense is Christian Williams. Mm. I think he was Missouri's second best defensive player last year. Maybe third. Yeah. Hopper was really good. I was, to, I was doing the math. In my yeah. head. I don't know if he's on the gears really turned it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's good that he's back, good that Hopper's back. I think that's going to really help out the defense. Um, I, I should have done this math before I before we started the podcast, but it just came into my head. Out of the 18 starters, how many of them come back on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, they have eight, but Dalen Carnell, like, starters I honestly on thought, so I thought he was better than Martez Manuel last year. So yeah. it's it's eight plus Carnell, and starters on the defensive side of the ball is hard because you cannot start and then play depending 50%. on a formation. Yeah. Right, right. You can play so much more than the actual starter does if uh, if that is all right. There's a couple more points I want to get to on the offensive side of the ball. I thought we should talk about defense first, but uh, before we get to that, we got to take another break. We're gonna take our last break, and then we'll be right back to wrap up the show. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back into Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Network. I want to ask you guys about Luther Burden. Uh, they they talked about, Eli Drinkwitz talked about moving him inside to the slot because Dominic Lovett's departure. How, how much do you think that, that will help him being a slot player versus playing on the outside. How much do you think that kind of helps his development with this offense? I mean, I think a lot because he is a slot player. I mean, that's, but, that's where he should have played. He just, you know, couldn't last year because you couldn't move Dom what he was doing. But so here's – I think this is a two-part thing. Do you guys think that Burden – how do you think Burden's numbers compare to what Lovett did last year? Like what he puts – Lovett was something like 56 for 850 and three touchdowns. Do we think same, better, worse? I don't think his yards are as high, but I think his touchdowns are higher. Agreed. Because I, I think he'll get – yeah, I think so too. I think he'll get more more touches. I, I could see Luther not having the numbers that Lovett had, but the receiving core as a whole, like the two, three, and four yep. guys having better numbers enough that it's a much better receiving core. 
Um, Cause their second leading receiver last year was Barrett Bannister. And I think he ended up with like 500 yards. Um, you know, Luther was third at 375. Like, I think they'll have three guys go over 500 this year. I don't know which three for sure, but I think they'll have at least three guys with 500 yards, but yeah. they may not have one with a thousand. Drink did seem pretty confident in that wide receiver room. He, he likes the depth that they have and thinks that kind of depth as a whole is, is a little bit better than it was even last year. I know they do lose Dom, which is a huge hit, and there's no really replacing what he did for the offense. But having guys that can come in, I think Theo Weiss is a good transfer that can come in there and play on the outside who is an outside receiver. To have guys playing in their actual positions might be a, just a huge, a big enough change that you can really see something on this offense. I know that they, they think Josh Manning has a chance to play. Yep. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of K-State, um, <laughs> you know what the the newsy thing, the only real newsy thing yesterday was that Chance Looper is yeah. not playing football. Uh, he is on Drinkwitz termed it medical scholarship. We take that to mean medical retirement, which means he can't play football anymore. The school's still paying for him, but it doesn't count toward the scholarship. He had an issue last year. You know, they, I don't, I don't want to say what it was because I don't think they ever publicly came out and said it. And it's mm-hmm. not our place to share medical information, but, um, but he's not playing this year. But I mean, they got Mookie Cooper. We saw some things from Makai Miller last year. Um, you know, so I think they got enough guys at, at receiver. Again, it just comes back to can they protect long enough? and have a quarterback who can throw it accurately enough for the wide receivers. Cause like, yeah. look, we saw it last year and I make chiefs references because it's, it's, it's the only other football team. I really watch that closely. Right. Yeah. Like if you have time and you have a quarterback can put the ball there, guys, it doesn't super matter who's there. Right. Somebody's going to catch the football, you know, and, and going back to Luther, that's what he's got to figure out this year. Like, I, I know it's I know it's not okay to to say anything other than glowing reviews and he's the best football player ever and he should be the spokesman for every uh, company in the state of Missouri. But like, Absolutely. he got to catch the ball better. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of drops last year. Maggie, what are your thoughts on the on the wide receivers? They got a lot of talented guys in there. Do you think that uh, does the conf- does Eli's confidence in that give you give you a little bit more confidence going into this year? I think it's our deepest position for sure. I mean, I think we're we moved Jamarion Wayne back there. I think that we didn't we had moved him mm-hmm. to uh, to. He was a safety, safety for some last, reason. I never quite understood last year. I don't know if they thought maybe wide receiver was too deep last year, so <laughs> they moved him there. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, they moved him back there, and then yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to have Luther in the slot where I think he belongs, where we watched him play so much in high school and really saw him thrive. I'm excited to watch drink, get Luther the ball a lot more too. Like we tried. I mean, when I say we, I don't know why I even say that because it's not like (laughs) drink was like, he's like reading our tweets or something. Give him the ball. Um, (laughs) Yeah. If I say that, you know, Twitter, people are going to start tweeting at him more and don't do that. Um, But yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what Weiss can do. Like you said, Tucker, I, you know, we saw what he was a very highly touted recruit going to Oklahoma. We got to see little glimpses of what he could do, but I don't think we've really seen um, what he can do at Oklahoma. I know he was like kind of plagued with injuries and then uh, OU just kind of hasn't been OU. I don't think they weren't last year. 
Yeah. Right. They weren't last year. and be better this year. Even the past few years haven't really been. I mean, I know that they still had some big 12 championships because they're okay, but I still don't think that we've really seen what he can do. So I would love to see what he could do. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that room. I just, it just all goes back to the offensive line for me. And if we can, if the offensive line can give whoever is under center yeah. enough time to throw the ball. Right. And by the way, we have made it 47 minutes and 29 seconds and we have not mentioned Kirby Moore's name. I li- that was where I was going. That was that's a perfect tee up for me, Gabe, because I drink did even mention. He said, "Hey, I realized I took a step back, and I said uh, there were some deficiencies on the offensive side of the ball. There's some things I could have done better." And he, I think the question he was asked was like, "Does that is that a, a hurt to your ego or something to bring somebody else in to call plays?" I don't think it was worded like that necessarily, but he said, "You know, you know, team first, whatever the team." whatever the team needs. He doesn't seem like he's taken uh, offense for stepping back and, and having not having to call the plays. Do you think that's a positive thing, Gabe, that Kirby Moore is going to be calling the plays or at least something to kind of deflect some of the, uh, well, the angst for a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, I think it does speak to, and I, I said this on our show last night and I'm allowed to say it because I'm like eight years older than, or seven years older than Eli Drinkwitz. He's growing up, man. He's, he's, he's getting there. Right. Um, but like, no, I think, I think it is, I think it's tough to look at your own organization and identify problems. Right. And I think it's doubly tough when that problem is you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I mean, you know, none of us would want to look at this podcast and go, you know what? I think it'd be a whole lot better if I wasn't on it, um, <laughs> you know, but that's basically what Eli did with the offense last year. He looked at it and said, yeah. man, I, and, and especially in this era where we've talked so much about NIL and, and, and all this stuff, like, look, Eli has gotten state laws pushed through. He is yeah. clearly doing things right in the general manager sense of his job. And so maybe it's okay to look at it and say, you know what? That's what I'm really good at. I'm going to go do more of that and let this other guy be responsible, be mostly responsible for what we run on third and six. Now, I I always remember Pinkle saying, and, and I think we put a little too much stress on who the offensive coordinator is or who calls the plays because there are three or four guys that are going to have input, right? Kirby Moore is going to say what he's seeing. Curtis Looper, Jacob Peeler are going to have input. And ultimately, if Kirby Moore calls something on third and three and Eli Drinkwood says, no, we're not doing that, then they're not doing it. He's the head coach. He has ultimate veto power. You know, like Andy Reid always says, I get 51% of the vote. (laughs) You know, Eli gets 51%. (laughs) So he still gets to make that call. So I think we put a little too much stress on it. But, hey, when what you're doing isn't working, then try something different. This may or may not be the right answer. He may or may not have gotten the right guy to do it, but clearly it needed to be something different because we've talked for two and a half years about how other than when they turn around and hand the ball off, they don't really have an offense. Right. Maggie, any thoughts? Um, Well, I was actually going to go back to the thing where you were like, uh, no one wants to sit here on this podcast and admit that they're uh, <laughs> that you're the problem. Like right. people in power, Mizzou will tell us that we're the problem. So true. <laughs> they'll, they'll get in the comment section and they'll be like, well, oh, they tell this me podcast would be way better without this person. Um, Let us we, know. Don't, we don't even have to admit it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited to have an offensive coordinator. I feel like we talked so many times last year about 
you know, just try, trying something new and getting somebody new in here. And I just think having another, just another set of eyes, just another set, another person, just like you watch how K-State has grown having Colin Klein there. And I, I mean, I hate giving them props, but just like how much they've really grown offensively have, having, having him there. I just think it's going to do nothing, but just like, just help us grow. Like, even if he's not the person long-term for maybe we only win six games or maybe we win seven or maybe, I don't know. Hopefully we don't win five. God forbid we win five. Ooh. But if we grow, if, if we're doing things other than going out there on fourth down and trying to make them jump off sides every single time or, you know, or just. Well, they, they, Tyler Macon transferred. They can't run that play this year. That's no, just triggered me. What? Isn't Tyler Macon? It didn't though. Didn't he come back? Uh, different. That yeah, he's playing baseball now. <laughs> didn't he? Oh, he's like didn't, that's so sick. Did, yeah, it's a different like, Tyler Macon. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Why was <laughs> there so is good? a Tyler Macon who transferred, who was signed to play baseball at Memphis? And is and now playing he, oh, baseball at Mizzou. Oh my gosh, why was that so confusing to me? Okay. Well, <laughs> same name. Don't, don't listen to me then, anybody. Um, no, other Tyler Macon is at Alcorn State running near that's right. down fake back. Okay. Oh, that right. I, I completely for I blocked that out of my memory, Maggie, until you just brought that <laughs> up of how infuriating that was that you knew exactly what they were going to do. I completely do. just like skimmed it whenever I was like reading it on Twitter and I was like, like, that's oh. weird. But then I was like, he went to Memphis? I, I don't know. I've, off season, I just try not to even pay attention because I'm like, I'll just pay attention to the people that show up to camp in August. That's literally all I care about are the people that are on our roster in August. Um, I don't even, you know what I mean? I just don't. Do you think there was a time last year where Drinkwitz was like, all right, Tyler, we're going to go run the fake fourth down. <laughs> and Macon was like, yo, I'm snapping this ball. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, not going to do this time. fake thing. Or, kinda, or where he's just like, if I, if we don't get it, I would have been like, if we're not going to snap it, I'm not going to go out there. Yeah. You just play without a court. I'm not going to go do that. I will not be your patsy for this play again. Didn't they try to do it one time and fumbled it? I. They tried to do like the uh, fake, fake reverse. It was probably like the Auburn game or something like that. Just one of those Murphy's Law games. Um, <laughs> it, it was, it was one of those where they actually tried to do it, fumbled it, and then like got tackled behind the line of scrimmage and They're gave like, Flick a I That's like, okay. why we don't do this anymore. That makes sense why they don't run this play, actually. Um, that makes a lot more sense. Um, but Kirby Moore is going to be a really interesting story, I think, as, as kind of the year develops. Drink even said they kind of have similar offensive philosophies. Uh, and if he's if he's anything like his older brother, um, I think that they – yeah, his older brother, right? Um, yeah. I got the ages right on that. Yes. Okay. I said that, and I was like, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm usually not. Um, I, that was a joke, by the way, everybody listening. I'm not that – pompous uh but i i think that if he does have even a little bit of that you know good play calling that his brother has uh mizzou will be in a good spot uh, i do i do feel like that all right liberty <laughs> i should run every trick play because why not what is there to lose at this point just run every single trick play there is that's my that's my two cents to eli if eli's listening to this podcast just run every trick play or kirby i guess either one but that's my final thought Gabe, final thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm glad we're closer to talking about things that are actually going to happen. But yeah. it, like media days is always weird because really, what did we talk about so much K-State and, and beyond that? Like we're still nearly two months away from finding anything out about this football team. Yeah. 
right. you know, which is, uh, which is, that's, it, it really kind of drives home the point that we literally spend 12 months a year talking about what amounts to nine days. Yeah. Because like middle Tennessee doesn't count and South Dakota doesn't count. And Memphis and Bandy like combined to count for one. But 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 we've made this whole industry out of talking about nine days a year, which is uh, pretty interesting. And uh, they're almost here, still a little bit away. Almost here, indeed. Maggie, final th- final thoughts? No, I was so busy watching. I thought that was like digital. <laughs> that sign was like I, yeah. I was, I yeah. thought it was it's digital, and I was like was. I was like, how did you do that? And then I realized that it, there was a hand. <laughs> <laughs> Just, if you're not we'll, watching, well, I guess this is all audio now. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was uh, that was funny. That was okay. Uh, no, I'm excited to get back into it too. I need to. Um, yeah, I need some fall. I'm fall's my favorite season. Uh, football is my favorite season. Um, so I'm ready to. You know, I'm a season ticket holder. New Shout first, out. Not, first time season ticket holder. So highly recommend everybody listening to also become one. There's a lot of very affordable options out there for you. So now I guess this year they added something. I'm going to do a little um, plug. If you sit up, I'm not, I'm not sitting up in this section, but if you sit up in like the three hundreds or something, you get like unlimited, like hot dogs and like popcorn and sodas with your team. It's like a, I'm just going to tell you. If they're the same unlimited hot dogs you can get in the press box, <laughs> y'all Gabe. best eat before you get to the game. <laughs> hey, Gabe, I'm trying to sell tickets. I'm trying to sell tickets here. I'm trying to sell. Come on, man. Did I you... ten okay, hot dogs. So... No, I, I'm just saying, like, like put a Cliff Bar in your pocket or something, just in case. <laughs> Smuggle it in. You know, Mizzou was one of the only, like, one of only like four teams that had like double digit increase in their uh, double digit percentage increase in their fans last year. So I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to <laughs> sell tickets. You can buy wrestling. And buy your Mizzou to the Lou tickets. Just buy your Mizzou to the Lou tickets. Oh yeah. I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to go to because the Kansas State game. Uh, is a pretty big one, and I kind of want to be at Faro Field for that. And I don't know if I can go to like Faro Field, or I don't know if I can go to the Kansas State game and then the Memphis game. Um, so I'm trying to decide which one I should go to. I'm probably going to go to the K State game, but it's a th- just a thing, just some thoughts I've had. I do like to go to a, an away game, and I guess it's technically an away game being in Memphis, and it's actually there's a visiting team on the scoreboard, correct? Are they the home team? No, I assume so. Mizzou yeah. is the Mizzou is the away game. Mizzou is the away team. Okay, so they are the so they are the visiting team on the score. Okay, so it's technically an away game, but um, yeah, lots of good options. I was even looking at tickets today, Maggie. Is is funny you say that because you can get Mizzou season tickets wrestling for forty dollars. I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a bargain. I'm gonna go. Uh, Tiger style, baby. It's gonna turn to a Mizzou wrestling podcast before you know it. If, uh, <laughs> if things go off the rails. Uh, but no, we appreciate you listening to today's episode, this week's episode of Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Network. Let us know what you think and leave us a five-star rating and review and be a friend. Tell a friend, as Pat McAfee says, about the Mizzou That's Who podcast. We'll be back again soon with another episode. I'm Tucker Franklin. For Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. 
We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.